0: You want your five-star matches? (laughs) You want your 30-minute classics? (laughs) Not me. (laughs) Big meaty man slapping me. (laughs) good ladies and gentlemen this is the slapping me wrestling podcast my name is randall thank you all for joining and listening again on this fine saturday let's talk some wrestling shall we before we get there though actually go find me on twitter at we too deep four one three that's w-e-t-o-o-d-e-e-p four one three on twitter and on TikTok. um Though I'll be honest with you. I don't really use TikTok all that much. I don't make much content on there anymore. Um, the algorithms don't necessarily like people who make content like I do because it goes against what is liked in the Wrestle Talk narrative. So it doesn't really get pushed um, as much. So I just don't really make content all that much. But definitely, I mean, I'll comment every now and then. I'll make some videos every now and then. Um, but. Let's talk wrestling. Let's break down the show. So today we'll do a discussion on the world heavyweight title. Some news dropped today that I think we need to talk about. Um, today being Friday um, when I'm recording, um, I always record these early. That way they're set to to release. Um, that way I I know that they're going to get released, and I don't and I don't forget about them. Um, it's, it's the best way to, to do this for me because I have a bad memory and, and it keeps me on track. Um, we're going to do World Heavyweight title discussion. We're going to do um, discussion about backlash and making predictions for the show. And then we will do a question from the Discord and then we're going to end it with one of my little pick-me games. Uh, we're like I normally do, like a a one must go. But today we're gonna do push, fire, and hire. So there's three categories. Who so would you push? Who would you fire? Who would you hire? And there's three superstars in each category. I gotta pick one that I would push, one that I would fire, and one that I would hire. Um, so that's gonna be a fun way to to end the show. But let's talk about this world heavyweight championship um, news that dropped today at the backlash press conference, Triple H announced that starting Monday, there's going to be a tournament to decide who will wrestle and f- and, and have a match at Night of Champions for the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, and the way he's going to do it is there's going to be two triple threat matches on Monday. The winner of those matches will face each other what I would presume would be the main event of the night. On Monday. And then the winner of that. Will then go to Night of Champions. So essentially you'll have six people. Which will go to two people. Which will then go to one person. From Monday Night Raw. Okay well where's the other person coming from? Well they're going to do the same thing on, S- on Friday. On Smackdown. So this is where the confusing part comes in. If this was supposed to be a Raw exclusive belt. Why is SmackDown participating? And I'm gonna be completely honest. I'm not really all that upset. There's a lot of people who are confused by it. I think we need to stop using logic when it comes to WWE. They've they haven't used logic like ever. Um, I think this just makes severe uh, competition for the belt, which is something that is needed. And I th- and it's super easy. It's super easy. If you if you're a SmackDown guy and you're in the match, and let's say a SmackDown superstar wins the title. Well, it's easy. They'll just get moved to. Um, they'll just get moved to Raw. I think it's that just that easy to do that. Um, I, I don't think it makes the draft useless. I, I also don't think anyone on SmackDown is going to win the title. Um, I think this is a super creative way. To put someone like a solo Sokoa in this title match. What I also think is going to happen. And what I think would be best for WWE. Is to have Roman Reigns in this match. I'm not even joking. Roman Reigns needs to be the one on Friday. That leaves SmackDown. Going to Night of Champions. To fight for the World Heavyweight Championship. I think that would be the best position to put yourself in. That'll sell tickets. That will sell tickets. On day 1,000 of him being Universal Champion, he then fights to become World Heavyweight Champion. It'll sell tickets. It'll have people watch. People will simply just watch the show just to see if Roman wins or loses. And what you could do is, A, either have like a DQ Right, because, of course, the danger in having Roman in this match is he's he's going to have to lose in some way, shape, or form, right? Um, and so you can have, like, a DQ happen where maybe the Usos get involved or something along that line. Oh, something like that needs to happen, right? Um, and so I think that would be the best, because who are you going to have at Night of Champions... Legitimately fight Roman Reigns for his t- title. I just I think it would be better to have a Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns than to have like Roman Reigns fight some someone random from SmackDown like AJ Styles for the title, where we know Roman would win. I think it would make a lot more sense for for Rollins to to to, to get a match or for Cody to get another match versus Roman. And you don't necessarily need Roman to lose. You just need a DQ to happen. Whether it's Brock attacking Cody, or or the way that I see that you could play this is you have Cody beat Brock at Backlash, right? So, Cody then wins his triple threat. Seth wins his triple threat, right? So, in the main event of Monday Night Raw, you have Cody versus Seth. Winner goes to Saudi Arabia to fight for the World Heavyweight Championship. In the middle of this main event, Brock Lesnar comes out, pissed off, attacks Cody Rhodes. Cost him his opportunity to go to Saudi Arabia. Seth Rollins wins. Goes to Saudi Arabia where he has to face Roman Reigns. And we get this match, Roman versus Seth, where Brock Lesnar comes out not Brock Lesnar, excuse me, where where Cody then comes out pissed that he lost to Seth because of Brock, Cody then comes out and attacks Seth Rollins and causes a DQ, which then could set up a triple threat at Money in the Bank between Cody, Rollins, and Lesnar for the World Heavyweight Championship. Now, I don't think that's how they'll do it. That would that would be a, a way that I would potentially look at doing it. I think they will crown a champion, and I definitely don't think Roman's going to be involved in this tournament. Um, but it, But if I'm booking this, if it's personally me, Roman Reigns is the best thing in the company right now. And so I don't think he should hold the title. As funny as it would be for him to do that, I would laugh my ass off. I don't think he should hold the title. But I think it would give interest in the match for it. People will tune in just to see if Roman Reigns wins or loses. And I would be completely on the edge of my seat watching it. Um, so, personally, I would love to see Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins at Saudi Arabia. I think that's the big level match. Um... Personally, I but I don't think we'll get that. I'll just be completely honest. I don't think we'll get that. I, I I If there's someone from the SmackDown roster, and I'm looking at the SmackDown roster right now, I'm trying to sit here and think of who legitimately can be put into this. That that's a big threat to someone like Raw. It's going to be Rollins or Cody. It's the only people I can think of on Raw that would be there. And so excuse me for so for so for SmackDown. What are you going to put Austin Theory in this match? Are you going to put Lashley in the match? We've seen Lashley versus Rollins already. Are you going to put Styles in that match? Are you going to put someone from the LWO, Are you going to put Sheamus, what, Karrion Cross? I mean, LA Knight would be a decent match. But is and this is just me personally, is LA Knight going to sell Saudi Arabia to to a casual crowd? Maybe, maybe not. I love l a Knight I think he's very good at what he does, but I just don't think that he'll have the 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 shine that that someone like having a Roman reigns in this position would have. I just don't know if there's anyone on the roster at all that has that level of ability to draw um. The second question is, is what about these free agents? Right cuz like Lesnar's a free agent. So what if Lesnar loses to Cody, right? And then enters one of these triple threat matches on Monday, he's technically not a raw superstar. What if he then wins? Right? Or what if he loses his triple can he then go to Smackdown and compete again? Like I would do that. I would have Lesnar on Monday in a triple threat match where he loses. And then I would have him on Tuesday. Excuse me, not Tuesday, Friday. I mean if I I could have him on NXT if you if you could as well, that would be great. If Brock will never do it, but that would be funny. Um, I would then have him on Friday in another triple threat match. Like what what if we get Cody versus Brock again, but this time for the title? And, and, and now that I'm thinking of it, I think that's what they're going to do. Now that I'm sitting here like processing this information, this is how I process I, I talk to I talk this stuff out through my brain and the more that I talk about it, the more things click. What if Cody beats Brock? Brock's pissed, but Brock doesn't show up Monday. Brock shows up Friday and Brock wins his a triple threat match. And then Brock wins the main event of SmackDown. And Brock goes to Saudi Arabia to face Cody Rhodes. What if that's how we, we get this match again? Because I don't think it's over after, after tomorrow. I don't think it's over after Backlash. Again, I'm recording this on Friday, so you're, you're not confused. Right? Um, I, just, I just don't think it's over after Backlash. I think we're going to continue with this feud for a few months. And what a way to do this than have Brock Lesnar beat Cody Rhodes at Saudi Arabia to become World Heavyweight Champion. And then Cody maybe beat him in, in London. Or Cody beat him at SummerSlam, which would probably be the the, the quicker, op- like the more relevant option to do. Is to have Brock hold it for two months and then July 1st at SummerSlam, or excuse me, July 1st is Money in the Bank. Um, Have Brock win at Saudi, have him not show up July 1st for Money in the Bank, and I think it's August something, at the end of August. right? So two, three months, Brock holds the belt. And at SummerSlam, Cody beats Brock. I think that's the best way... to to write this, because I think everyone's already handing the belt to Seth, but what if the ultimate story is to give Cody that belt? I still think Cody's the biggest babyface on Raw, and so if you have, because imagine this, you you walk out of SmackDown, see, see, I got, you walk out of SummerSlam, see, I'm all cluster fucked up right now. Trying to get my thoughts together. <laughs> you all got a SummerSlam with Roman as champion, with Rhea as champion, with uh, Cody as champion, with Bianca as champion. Um, though Bianca may lose at SummerSlam, I just don't know to who. Because there's not a lot of women on the the SmackDown roster for to go against her. Unless we're going to get... Bianca versus Charlotte again. Which, please don't. Please, please don't. Right, But if you walk out of... SummerSlam... With Cody and Roman as your champions... Those are your two guys right now. And then... You have Rhea walk out... And I think they should do a unification match. And Rhea win that. And then create a new women's championship. Maybe with a newer design... And give that to to someone. Um, I don't, I just don't know who on the, the SmackDown roster because like there's like five women on this entire roster. It's insane. <laughs> um, but maybe someone like a an EO Sky or a Bailey if they break up Damage Control. I don't know. But I, but but now that I'm sitting here thinking this out, what if it's Cody versus Brock for the title? So that's the new news. That's me sort of just walking through it. Let me know what you guys think about it. Who do you thinks going to be in the match? I would have loved if Triple H would have said who was going to be in these triple threat matches. And the last thing I'll say is, how is this a tournament? This isn't a tournament. This is just two matches that lead to one other right You're going from six to to two. And then from 2 to 1 on each brand, on each night. It's not a tournament, it's just a bunch of matches. A tournament would be, hey, we have 8 people, we're going to go from 8 to 4, then 4 to 2, then 2 to 1. Um, right? Why can't we just take the whole night of Raw, and instead of doing random fucking matches that make no sense, just do the whole match as a tournament to figure out who's going to be in the match. I would be fine with that, I'm sure a lot of the fans would be fine with it. That would be very interesting. Um, But let's move forward with our predictions for Backlash. Now, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't even know what the card for Backlash is. At the moment, I am currently researching it. Um, I I don't know why I did that. (laughs) Backlash, 2023 in Puerto Rico. Which, first up, I'm glad that they got a show in Puerto Rico. But when you, you look at this card... And it's, it immediately, I mean, Backlash has always been throwaway, but this is like the biggest of throwaways. These international events where it's all about like money, than it is the show. We're going to get more of that, where it appeases a local fan base in a place like London or a place like Puerto Rico. And it it grows in uh, a tourist industry in Puerto Rico because people are going to go into Puerto Rico to watch. But it also provides WWE with a lot of money and uh, and sponsorship, right? You got Bad Bunny on the card, like you you got sponsorship, right? Um, so we'll go through the card. We got Cody versus Brock, Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest, Rio versus Selena Vega, Riddle Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Usos and Solo Sokoa. Uh, Belair versus Io e. Sky, Lashley versus Theory versus Bronson Reed, Omos and Seth Rollins. So yeah, complete throwaway. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna predict this. So the first question is: Is Cody versus Lesnar opening or ending the show? And I believe they're gonna open the show. Um, I, I, I don't think this will be main event. I think the main event will be the street fight between Damian Priest and Bad Bunny. I truly believe that. Um, that way, and, and we'll get to that match here in a minute. But Cody versus Lesnar, I think that starts the show, um, and and I personally feel Cody Rhodes is going to win the match. Um, if 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 Lesnar wins, that's like a complete death blow to Cody Rhodes and his momentum and the story. Right, you have to begin the sort of comeback with him beating Lesnar here. Because if you do that, then it makes sense for Lesnar to beat him at Saudi if that were to happen. And I feel the more that I think about it, that's what I feel is going to happen. So I think this one is easy. Cody Rhodes wins this match. Um, let's see. The next match, I think the next match will be Air versus EO Sky. I'm going to try to predict the card as well as the actual event, um, the order. So I think Air versus EO Sky will go next. Um, Belair retains. Again, this is just a throwaway match to give some fanfare to E. O. Sky. Um, Belair is going to win this. She's going to hold it to at least SummerSlam. Um, I don't know who will challenge her next, but um, yeah. This. Is, what's weird is this is for the Raw Women's Championship, but both of these superstars are on SmackDown, right? Because because what would make sense is if like E. O. Sky was drafted to Raw, it would have made sense to have you know E. O. Sky win here. Because you could take the Raw Women's Championship back to Raw. Right? Um, next match I, I will say would be the six man tag, the Usos and Solo versus Riddle, Owens, and Zane. And I don't know. This one's gonna be hard. I think Riddle, Owens, and Zane win this match, though. Um. And I think we get more. I don't want to say confusion, but more tension in the bloodline as they continue that bigger story of either Jay or Solo turning on the bloodline. Um, what it appears to me, though, is that we're going to get Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns again, and I cannot wait for that match. That, that's how this thing should end. Jay Uso should be the one to beat Roman Reigns. I've been saying that. We'll continue to say it. Jey Uso needs to be the one to end Roman Reigns' reign of terror. And so it would be very good tonight if Jey Uso turns on the bloodline in some way, shape, or form On uh, at Backlash. I then think the next match will be um, Rollins versus Omos. Seth Rollins better win this match. Um, There's just no way to justifying Omos win right here. Um, and, and, and the way that I see this playing out is Omos is going to destroy Rollins, and then Rollins is going to come back, and they're going to be like, well, how did he beat the big guy? Right? And, and, and yeah. So that's how I think that goes. Um, and then I think we go to Rhea versus Selena Vega, which, again, Rhea Ripley is going to win. Um there's no reason for Rhea Ripley to lose, especially to Selena Vega. She's the best woman on the roster. She's the best woman on the planet when it comes to professional wrestling right now. There is just no reason first off for this match to even happen other than Selena Vegas Puerto Rican. Um so I think this is gonna be a quick match. Um and uh, yeah, Rhea Ripley's gonna retain. And then we get to what I think the, the main event is. Oh, excuse me, I missed a match. Bobby, Theory, and Bronson Reed, which I think will be the match that goes on before the main event. Um, Bronson Reed's not going to win because he's on Raw, isn't he? Um. Yeah, Bronson Reed's on Raw, and so he he's just in the match. He's probably gonna be the one to take the pin. However, Lashley versus Theory is on SmackDown. And I think Lashley's going to win, and that's going to start continue the feud with Lashley and Theory. That goes for some time. Um, but I think Lashley does win. Um because Lashley can sell better than Theory can. I think Lashley can can, can get people to believe that the United States championship is important more than Austin Theory can in the absence of Roman Reigns. which I think is going to be a short-lived absence because Roman will have to be at Saudi, and then I think he'll be, you know, the next pay-per-view after Saudi, unless we get one in June, is SummerSlam, or excuse me, is uh, Money in the Bank on July 1st. So, Roman will just miss that show, so he'll miss, what, a month, two months of, uh, of programming so it's a little bit away from saying it's a long break, but it is going to be a break without rains. Um, so Bobby Lashley is the more main events ready superstar to me, and that they're going to need the United States Championship to beat. Then we get to the main event: Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest. Bad Bunny's going to win this match. Bad Bunny's winning this match. He's going to send the Puerto Rican crowd home, right? So. That, that, that's, that's literally how this is going to go. This is going to be, like I said, there's there, I always do this for pay-per-views. I have, I set low expectations that way. When I come back on, on, on Wednesday and I, and I review the show, right. I'm going to be like, Oh, that was a B plus show, but I had D minus expectations. Right. And so it's always going to be better than what I think it's going to be. Because I automatically just assume it's going to be the worst thing we'll ever see, right? That's just how I set my expectations when it comes to wrestling so that I can enjoy it. Because if I'm going to put A-plus expectations on this, I'm going to be mildly disappointed, right? If you have A-plus expectations and you get a B-plus show, you're you're disappointed, right? Because it didn't live up to what you expected. But if you set a a D D-minus expectation where it's going to be, you know, an average throwaway pay-per-view... And you end up getting a B plus show. You exceeded the expectations. You leave happy, so that's that's how I always look at every wrestling show that I watch. Aim low, receive good. You know, if if you if you expect nothing and you get a lot of good, it's a good show, right? And so until WWE can prove differently that they could, you know, put on a show where I can expect greatness and receive great because every time I always say oh this is going to be the best show ever it ends up being shit so I always expect little and when they deliver they deliver and if they don't deliver I'm also not disappointed because I kind of figured they wouldn't deliver right so there's that again this is going to be a shorter episode not much to really talk about um, so we'll move on to the next segment which is the question from the discord just asked before I started recording this, um, good question, uh, and so the question essentially is, was The Undertaker a draw? Meaning, was The Undertaker as big of a star as Hogan, Rock, Austin, or Cena? Could The Undertaker sell out a stadium? Uh, So, this is a difficult question to, to put your mind around. And with about 30 minutes of thinking about this, so I really don't have a lot prepared to answer this question. I don't think he was as big as Hogan. I don't think he was as big as Austin or Rock. In terms of mainstream ability. But what the undertaker had for him was so like let's go through the wrestler's name there like like Hogan, what did Hogan have to make him a big superstar well he he was a cartoon like they literally made cartoons, he was larger than life he had a a gimmick that got him over right he had a gimmick that that um you know he was Mr. America, basically right and it could sell to kids, and you can make cartoons, and you can make, you know, and then he, 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 it could appeal to Hollywood at the time, right, so I think that's personally what got him over, right, you move on to The Rock, what got The Rock over, I think it was his speaking ability, like Rock's ability to cut a promo, and to sell any match, and to make anything interesting, I think is what got him over because he wasn't like the best in the ring. And The Rock's career was super short as The Rock, right? He was there for like, what, four years and then left for Hollywood. So like The Rock, he had the look and he had like the charisma that made The Rock, you know, the most electric fireman in the business. Um, What got Austin? Austin got over because the audience at the time, loved the gimmick, right? He was just this badass who took nothing from his boss. He made it cool to go against the system, which when you think about the the eight, the, that the generation at the time in the late nineties, it was super, you know, punk rock alternative rage against the machine go against, you know, your boss and right and it, it was him living out everyone's sort of fantasy of being able to give a middle finger to their boss and to beat the hell out of their out of their their managers right and 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 so you know the fans of that time lived through Austin right and so that that's what made him that superstar right because as stone cold steve austin he did not have to do anything extraordinary in the ring Right, so all three of those, right, it was the charisma, it was the gimmick, it was, you know, it was that special gimmick that reached through to and, and you know, connected to the fans. When you talk about The Undertaker, um, I think the, the amazing part of The Undertaker is that it lasted as long as it did. Um... Now I don't necessarily think that the Undertaker itself became popular. I don't think he himself would have like I don't think the gimmick was mainstream enough to to you know do what Hogan did and and reach Hollywood. Um the the super, supernatural gimmicks are always hard to judge because there's people like me that like like my favorite version of the Undertaker was American badass Undertaker. You know the, the the guy who came out on the motorcycle and just didn't give a damn, right? Again, the sort of outlaw mentality. That that's my favorite version of the Undertaker. I wasn't a huge fan of. Like, well, first off, I wasn't alive when Undertaker. You know, I was not born yet. I'm I was born in ninety seven, so like, what was that Ministry of Darkness era? I don't actually remember, um, but. I don't think necessarily that the gimmick itself would have, like, like let's, luckily for Taker, he had guys like Austin and Rock in the Attitude Era with him to where the people would watch for that and they would get the Undertaker. I personally don't believe Undertaker would, if he was the main event, if he was the big gimmick, it would not have been successful. I personally believe that. And it's not that Mark Calloway was a bad performer. I believe Mark Calloway is the only person to do the gimmick justice. I don't think there was a, another person on this planet who could do what Mark Calloway did with, with that gimmick. He was just that good at it. But But I also think it's sort of like Bray Wyatt is today. It's not going to draw mass audience. It's going to draw the people who, who like supernatural gimmicks. And so it needs to be surrounded for, on the rest of the show with things that will draw the rest of the crowd. And the, what made the Attitude Era so good was that it it had a mixture of everything. You had Austin and what Austin had. And you had, right, The Rock. And then you had the, the, uh, the Kurt Angles towards the end of it. Would, would Kurt Angle technically be... Rootless aggression, um, but but you had Triple H, and you had DX, and you had Shawn Michaels, and you had things that people came to watch for, and they, in, right, not saying that the Undertaker gimmick was bad. I think it was a very ingenious idea, Um, and it's something, right, the fact that it got over as much as it did in the terms of, when you literally think about what the Undertaker gimmick is, you're telling me that Undertaker, and this same goes for Kane, you're telling me that the Undertaker is a zombie wizard who has these magical powers, who has a brother that is a demon who survived the house fire, and they're, right, the gimmick's that Kane and Undertaker began with made you go with... You had to believe it was a show. Right? I don't... I personally... Like, if Undertaker gimmick was starting today, I don't think it would get over. Supernatural gimmicks are hard to get over to to begin with. Especially now with, like, the internet where everyone's sitting here talking about it and it's just... You're expecting people to sort of suspend their belief in reality, and what I think we have right now is a wrestling fan base today that wants a reality-based product. Right, everything has to be real and logical. Right, the Undertaker makes no fucking sense in a in a in in our current reality. It makes zero sense outside of the idea that this is a scripted TV show, and that's why a zombie uh a a zombie wizard that uh is a mortician or or has a mortician who carries his urn around and and carries its powers and has a demon brother that you have to suspend your belief to believe that that's a real thing, and I don't think the fan base today, especially the younger fan base in the newer generation would put up with that, to be completely honest with you. Um, So I don't think itself it was a draw, and I don't think Undertaker himself would sell out arenas. I just don't personally believe it with the gimmick. Um, I think there was enough talent in The Undertaker in Mark Calloway that if he would have been given a more realistic, like, badass... I think American badass Undertaker if that if that gimmick of the american badass you know was separated from the undertaker, you know zombie wizard guy because it was sort of kind of it was it was it was kind of hard to understand how the undertaker went from being zombie wizard to motorcycle biker dude, right? And so if if I think motorcycle biker dude would have had a better chance of getting over with the mainstream crowd, you know, outlaw who, you know, because it's essentially what Austin was. But when you put Mark Calloway behind the gimmick and, and call it the Undertaker, right, and then he goes back, and, and essentially I think the reason Undertaker was so revered for was the streak. I think that was more over than the gimmick itself was was who was Undertaker going to fight and beat at WrestleMania. So I think the streak was what sold. That was the that was the the big attraction when it came to the Undertaker. Like it got up to like 20, right? When when it got up to like 10 and 15 and 20, right? And then you get to 21 and 0. And then you get to WrestleMania 30 and you have Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar and and you're sitting here thinking this is going to be the one that ends it. That is what attracts people. So, But I don't necessarily think Undertaker attracted. I think the the streak attracted more fans than the gimmick did. Um, and then once the streak died, like, any, like, the only thing that, like, once the streak died, the draw for the Undertaker was, we just don't know if this is going to be his last appearance. Um, and let me tell you, like, I was at WrestleMania 33 when he fought Roman, and hearing that music live sent chills down my spine, right? And every time I hear it live, like, I've been to a few shows, I think, that Undertaker had been on. Whenever you hear that music live, you're first off, you're never ready for it. And two, it, you just, the entire arena feels like it's just going in slow motion. Just, like, it, it it's one of the biggest thrills to hear that dong. Right, to hear the gong, it's one of the biggest thrills. It's the same way with like when I heard John Cena's music for the and live for the first time. Like, it's just one of those things where, like if you get to go to a show with Cena, right? But let's even talk about like Cena's gimmick. He was he's another Hulk Hogan because that's another name of guy that was mentioned that I didn't go through. Like, what got Cena over was the superhero, super Cena gimmick, um, where. Right? And, and and I don't necessarily know if Cena is on the level of Hogan in terms of draw, like drawing ability. I think Hogan could still draw. Not today, but like in his time he was the biggest draw in the world. Um and in their day, in their prime, Austin and Rock were the biggest draws in the world in the industry. Um I don't ever think you could say that John Cena Eh, I think you can. I can I think you can give it to him, but I also think the industry was changing when Cena was sort of in charge of the industry. Like Ruthless Aggression era, you still had Triple H, you still had Orton, that was young. Like Evolution was still drawing. Um, so like Super Cena could I don't know I don't know this, this it it was a draw for sure. I just don't know if it was on the same level as like Hogan being the biggest draw at the time in the industry and 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 never so like Hogan definitely biggest draw, Rock Austin definitely biggest draw. I think Cena was a draw. I don't know if he was the biggest draw in the industry ever at at any given year. Um I think it's going to be hard to prove that, but I definitely know with the fact that Undertaker probably more most likely was never the reason someone went to a show In the mainstream, like like majority rules, if you would go through, hey, why did you come here? Oh, Undertaker, no, right? I don't, I don't think Taker by himself with the gimmick ever gets like ever sells out a crowd. I just don't think it happens. Um, I, it's a tough question because I think Undertaker should be respected. The gimmick, Mark Calloway himself as a person for playing the, the gimmick. I think it should be respected. I just don't know if it's, I just don't know if it's believable to, uh, to say that it's the biggest draw. So to answer the question simply no, no, I don't think he's on the level of the other two guys or three guys, four guys. I don't even know how many you mentioned in the original question, uh, so yeah, so the simple answer is no. I don't think he could sell out an arena by himself, and I don't think he was that big of a draw on the level of Hogan, Cena, Rock, and Austin. So let's now go to push fire higher. All right, so let me explain the rules. Instead of doing one must go, today we're going to do push fire and higher. What that means is you got to pick one from the group that you would either f- fire So there's three categories, fire, push higher, three wrestlers per category, right? So in the fire category of these three superstars, who would you fire? Mustafa Ali, Matt Riddle, and Omos. So let's talk about it. Ali definitely is safe because I think he's good enough in the ring to get people over. I don't think you need to fire him. I think a lot of people would choose Omos here. But I think booking is OMOS's biggest issue right now. I just don't think they know what to do with him. Um, and, and personally, I wouldn't fire Omos because I think, personally, I believe he needs to be, like, the Hurt Business needs to get together and Omos needs to be the bodyguard. He was over with me when he was AJ Styles' bodyguard. I enjoyed him there, right? I don't think Omos needs to be the guy that has to get in a match every month at every pay-per-view. But I think if he was just, like, if Hurt Business got back together and Omos was the bodyguard, Right. I think that could be very entertaining um depending on how they, you know, they they played it out. I'm firing Riddle. I'll be completely honest. I just don't think Matt Riddle was needed anymore in the WWE. I don't get the gimmick. I don't think it's like you you're trying to push a stoner gimmick while promoting it to kids and I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Um I also think it's kind of hypocritical that you don't allow blood but you're okay with weed jokes and 420 jokes again i'm not offended by the jokes i think they're funny i just think it goes against your promotion to to to, to not say no to say no blood none of this but but let's promote drugs to to and alcohol to the kids right um I'm, I'm not a big fan of riddle i've never really been been a big fan i cheered for rk bro a lot because i liked randy orton um so, yeah, if I'm firing someone from that category, it will be Matt Riddle. Let's go to the push category. Which one of these superstars would I push? You had L.A. Knight, Chad Gable, and Montez Ford. I got to go Chad Gable. And the only reason I'm going Chad Gable over the other two, I out of the three, Montez Ford is my favorite. L.A. Knight is very good. But of the three, Chad Gable deserves to be rewarded for all the shit he's been through in his career right after jason jordan got injured and could no longer wrestle and, and chad gable went through the shorty g gimmick he's gone through american or excuse me alpha academy it's not american alpha it's uh alpha academy he's gone through being numerous countless you know comedy gimmicks he deserves a serious title run at some and maybe not a world title but some sort of title run for chad gable Definitely would push Jack Gable there. He deserves it. The final one is of these people, and they're non-WWE wrestlers, who would I hire to WWE? So from AEW, the representative is MJF. From New Japan, the representative is Okada. And from Impact, the representative is Josh Alexander. Of those three, I'm picking Josh Alexander. If you have not watched a Josh Alexander match or if you've never watched Josh Alexander at all, I think he's the best of the three. Let me just be honest. MJF would not work in WWE. I would not spend the, the money he would require to come here to WWE. I would not spend that type of money for a gimmick that wouldn't work for our audience. Right? It would need to be completely watered down from what it is. And I personally feel they have their version of MJF in Grayson Waller. I think Grayson Waller could play that similar type gimmick um, better than MJF could. Why would I not choose Okada? I just don't think he would be a draw to the American mainstream audience. Um, I don't know how good his English is. And that is a factor. You have to be able to promote yourself to the American audience who speak English. right? There's a reason where, where Shinsuke Nakamura isn't necessarily over with the casual fan base. He can't get himself over. There's a reason where EO Sky and Asuka aren't over with a casual fan base. Because they can't get themselves over. They can't promote themselves. And what are you going to... Like, you can't put Asuka in a commercial. Right? You can't put EO Sky in a commercial. They're not marketable. And, and I think Okada would be the same way. Um, so, I would fire Riddle... I would push Chad Gable, and I would hire Josh Alexander, who I believe Josh Alexander has been slept on. I think there's a lot of people in Impact that are being slept on. Josh Alexander and Moose being the biggest ones, um, those are probably the the only two from Impact that I would maybe hi- hire to WWE. I want to see Moose in WWE, and I really want to see Josh Alexander in WWE. Um, so let me know what you guys think. Um... Who would you hire of those three? Who would you push of those three? Who would you fire out of those three that that were listed? Let me t- let me know what you guys think about anything that we discussed on this podcast episode. If you haven't, go join the Casual Community Discord page. You can find the link to join that at the Casual Community YouTube page, and the link for Discord will be in the description of the videos. Um, also like, share, and subscribe the Casual Community page run by Notorious Nerdy D. It's a very great uh page to subscribe to, very good episodes. He just he uh just released a new episode on Wednesday for his wrestling show. He releases content almost daily. And he just started the casual community uh casual wrestling community uh two K gaming uh page where we have our casual community, the CWC promotion virtual gaming. Um, and, and the, his ideas like the story and the, the, and all of that is being written out by chat GTP, which is a, a really fun system to, to play around with. Um, so with that, thank you all. And I will see you all on the next episode. Join the discussion on discord and I will see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening.